Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Cubs radio personality Zach Zaidman is going to be here today. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. I guess the answer is yes, J.D., Who will be the Bears quarterback when the season begins in September? Today's the day when we were supposed to get some clues, right? But we're still waiting. Hi, everyone. A pleasant good evening to you. Zach Saban until 9 o'clock, broadcasting live from Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer, Sean Anderson, on the other side of the partition. Helping me blast through the speakers of your radio. Ahead on the show, we talk Bears with Tom Thayer at 620. NFL Network Stacy Dales joins us at 640. Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic joins us at 7. Fox 32 Chicago's Luke Canellis stops by at 740. We'll break down the brackets with Ricky O'Donnell at 8, writer and editor for SB Nation. There's a theme here. There's going to be a lot of football on the show, and we'll throw in all the college basketball stuff that you want to talk about. You're a big part of the show as well. 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls throughout. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. First, though, a few thoughts. Imagine what the reaction would be like if the Bears had a quarterback who said this, quote, like any player, you never want to get hit. That's the reality of playing this position. Ask any quarterback who wants to play this game. But at the same time, it's part of the job and everything else. I think that the reality is that I've definitely been hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times, so we've got to get better. Now think of all the terrific offensive linemen that the Bears have had for the last 35 years. Everyone from Hall of Fame left tackle Jimbo Covert to seven-time Pro Bowl center Jay Hilgenberg to six-time Pro Bowl center Olin Krutz to nine-time Pro Bowl guard Ruben Brown to three-time Pro Bowler Kyle Long. I can go on and on. But imagine a quarterback coming back to the locker room to face the offensive line after those comments. Well, Russell Wilson made those comments this offseason. How do you repair how do you repair the damage? I mean sit back and think about it. How do you repair that damage in the Seahawks locker room? And he didn't just criticize his offensive line in Seattle. The athletic.com reported last month, quote, for some time, Wilson has sought, even pushed for influence within the organization regarding scheme and personnel. His suggestions were dismissed. Multiple sources told The Athletic, another reminder to Wilson that the Seahawks did not see him the same way he saw himself as a player who had earned greater control over his situation, his future, his legacy, which explains why Wilson told the Dan Patrick show this offseason that when it comes to personnel decisions that the Seahawks make, quote, I want to be able to be involved because at the end of the day, It's your legacy. It's your team's legacy. It's the guys you get to go into the huddle with. And at the end of the day, those guys you've got to trust. So now Wilson's criticizing his head coach and GM. That sounds like a relationship that clearly needs repair. And while Wilson hasn't asked for a trade, boy, he's made it known publicly through his agent that there are four teams he'd accept a trade to And the Bears are one of those teams. So isn't that a trade request without officially asking for a trade? Now, again, there's no incentive for the Seahawks to trade Wilson to the Bears or anywhere. 
It would involve a salary cap hit of nearly $40 million. It would leave the Seahawks without one of the true elite quarterbacks in the game. But we're talking about human beings. And humans have feelings. And when feelings get hurt and things get personal, weird things tend to happen. Here's an example. Carson Wentz. His huge contract in Philly was considered untradeable. But feelings were hurt. Now he's the quarterback of the Colts. Can the head coach... GM, and the Seahawks locker room in Seattle just forget and move on from Russell Wilson's comments this offseason. He essentially ripped his line. He said the head coach and GM aren't doing a good enough job and that Wilson needs to be involved in helping them. What if Khalil Mack started criticizing the lack of offensive production on the Bears and then complained that management wasn't listening to his thoughts. What if Brian Urlacher had done that? It would be no small thing in this city. It would be crisis mode at Hallis Hall. Remember, this is a city that couldn't handle Rex Grossman joking around saying he didn't give 100% in the 2006 regular season finale against the Packers because it was New Year's Eve. Keep in mind, by that point, the Bears had clinched everything there was to clinch during the regular season. They clinched the division. They clinched the top seed in the conference. And with it, they clinched home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. And yet he still got ripped. So is everything just going to be okay in Seattle? I'm saying no way. And that's why the Bears have to keep the dialogue open with the Seahawks. I know there are smart football people who believe that the Bears would be crazy to trade for Wilson because of what they would have to overpay just to get Seattle to think about it. Say the Bears traded multiple first-rounders, two at least, maybe three, another draft pick perhaps later on, and a talented young player on the current roster, maybe someone like Roquan Smith or Jalen Johnson. Keep in mind, the Seahawks were ranked near the bottom of the league in defense. And they don't have a lot of draft capital. They need help. And for those of you who think that what I just mentioned is too much, I ask the following. What are the realistic chances that in the next three years, the Bears will draft a quarterback that can play the game like Russell Wilson does right now? You know what the answer is. Probably not, because the Bears have never had a quarterback like Wilson in the Super Bowl era. So for those who say the Bears would not be able to improve as a team if they gave up all that draft capital, I would say they've made the playoffs twice in the last three years with minimal contributions from the quarterback position. The Bears have had a good defense during that time. Lately, they have some special talent on special teams. They have a good running back. Late in the year, we found out that they indeed do have enough linemen to create holes for that back. They've got a good young tight end, a couple of good receivers, and Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Now imagine if you added to that mix one of the truly best quarterbacks in football. All of a sudden, you have a real chance to not just make the playoffs, but win in the playoffs, because none of the other options currently available can guarantee you that, which is why there shouldn't be a rush to sign or trade for all the other names that have been linked to the Bears, because none of those other guys represent a significant upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky, the same quarterback who you've made the playoffs with, not because of, twice in the last three seasons. Just something to think about. Those are my football thoughts. I've got some college basketball thoughts as well. I know undefeated Gonzaga is considered the favorite to win the NCAA tournament. And the Zags are loaded with talent. And unlike many of the teams in smaller conferences who didn't get challenged by the bigger schools this year, Gonzaga did. Victories over Kansas, Auburn, West Virginia, Iowa, and Virginia. So that's how you know that they're really good. But I would argue this. 
The Big Ten, from start to finish, was by far and away the toughest conference in college basketball this season. And Illinois won that conference. So I'm going with the Illini to win the whole thing. They've handled every test when they've had their full complement of weapons together. Illinois, in my opinion, is the best team still standing in college basketball. Then there's DePaul, which fired classy head coach Dave Leto today after a five-win season and an unsuccessful stint in Lincoln Park. And as most of you know, I'm the voice of the Blue Demons on the score. I believe, like you do, that DePaul should and can be better. But what's more important is that new athletic director Dwayne Peavy believes it too, saying, quote, I'm committed to elevating our program to where we are still competing during this time of year, unquote. It starts with changing a culture of losing by creating an identity that leads to winning. Simply put, a fresh start with someone from the outside, someone who has a style of play that is clear and an understanding of the kind of player that fits that system successfully. It's not about someone being from Chicago or someone who has DePaul ties. It's about someone who can do the job and do it right. And it's about giving that coach an infrastructure where success can happen. Now, PV came to DePaul last summer from Kentucky, a program that has that infrastructure, a program that doesn't accept failure. PV's next move will be the most important professional decision he's ever made. All right, let's get things started. 312-644-6767. Tom Thayer is next. I'm Zach Sademan here until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I would get back to some of the foundation things that the Bears have done well in their successful times and that would be a main priority and you know um you, you know 
the Steelers have done it for years, and I know what happened to them yesterday, but, you know, they have a good reputation of what their foundation is. And to me, the, the foundation is you got to play dominating physical. You have to have a defense that when the team leaves the stadium, they remember who they just played. And then I need a running game that under any circumstance, it's it's – that is the centerpiece of your offense and how everybody else fits in. I'm not going to count on the quarterback to be the savior, and I'm just going to I'm going to have my playmakers make the plays they're supposed to make. That was the voice of Tom Thayer earlier this offseason when he was immediately asked when the Bears season ended what would be his top goals for constructing the team for 2021. Tom's going to be joining us in just mere moments. Zach Saban here until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You can join me at 312-644-6767. And today, the legal tampering period began. So essentially, uh, the the offseason is basically underway in in full force right now because uh, these are where the deals get made. And I agree with Tom. You know, when you look at what won the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers. The reason that Tampa was able to go and knock off consecutively Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and then Patrick Mahomes to win the championship is because it was a team that had more than Tom Brady. It was a team that could run the ball, whether it was Ronald Jones early and then later on Leonard Fournette when Jones got banged up. Then they had a defense that was relentless in pressuring the quarterback, but a defense that got that way because you couldn't run the ball on that defense. And when I look at the Bears, when you look at what they've got, what are the strengths of the Bears? Why did the Bears make the playoffs last season? Throughout all the heartache and and all the crazy talk throughout the year, why did they make the playoffs? Well, they made the playoffs because their defense was good. It wasn't great because it wasn't getting a lot of help from the offense, but it was good. They were banged up, and they were missing some key contributors throughout the course of the season, and it started with their inability to consistently stop the run because they didn't have Eddie Goldman, and they couldn't take the ball away because they couldn't consistently stop the run, so the relentless pass, the pass rushing wasn't what it needed to be, and they did have some injuries to Akeem Hicks, and then later on at the end of the year to... Danny Trevathan, Khalil Mack was never quite healthy, especially late in the year. They missed some guys on the back end of their defense as well, but they were good. The problem is that you needed a quarterback who could make those three to five big pass plays a game that helped change the game. Because as we found out, by the end of the year, the Bears were able to get their running game going because the Bears were able to sort through the injuries and the poor play on the offensive line to find a group that could work. And I think that's very encouraging heading into this offseason and, and heading into the 2021 season. And they do have a running game, and I do think they have linemen. That's why now imagine what this team could do if you're somehow able to get a quarterback who can make those three to five pass plays a game that change the game. Now, with Russell Wilson, man, it's a different story. I mean, how many elite quarterbacks do you have in the NFC? You've got Brady. You know, Drew Brees just retired. You've got Aaron Rodgers. There's a belief that Matthew Stafford now, with all those weapons around him and in that offensive system in Los Angeles with the Rams, that he's going to be able to take his game to the next level, but he never really has. You know, Dak Prescott is getting paid like he's an elite quarterback, He's a good quarterback. He's not what Russell Wilson is. And to me, I think the best way for the Bears to win is you need a game manager who can then make those three to five big plays. If you can get Russell Wilson, well, that's next level. But my thing is, I don't want to see the Bears give up draft capital for someone who isn't special. I don't I don't want to see the Bears acquire someone who you can't say for sure today is significantly better than Mitchell Trubisky. Because then I would rather wait to the draft and find a quarterback who can help me 
manage this offense and make those three to five big pass plays a game that you need to win in the NFL. Let's go out to the hotline and joining us now is Tom Thayer on the score hotline presented by Alpamonte Ford, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. Tom, do you agree with me that if you can't get someone like Russell Wilson, and that's not easy to do because we don't know if Seattle wants to trade him, and we don't know if the Bears can make an offer that's tantalizing enough for the Seahawks to give him up. If you can't get him, I don't really want to see this team overspend and use up draft capital to get someone that I'm not sure is significantly better than Mitchell Trubisky. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree with you, Zach. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and fantasy football, would it be great to have Russell Wilson? Of course. But what do you have to give up to get him? And, you know, when you first came back and you started talking about what Tampa Bay was able to do when we were talking early in the year about be good at the foundation of what the Bears have been good at, defense and, and offensive in terms of running the ball. The Bears, you know, if they have a quarterback like that, they still have to be good at the predictable things they need to be good at. When it's third and seven, third and eight, whatever the you know down in distances, and they have to be great pass rushers, then the Bears have to be great pass rushers. And then the latter part of the season, as they were starting to develop their running game, when they need to be great at third and two, at third and one, at fourth and one, they got to be great at it, and they got to be able to convert on those types of plays at almost 100% rate. And if you can do those types of things of being great when it's it's predicted what you're going to be great at and you can do that, then the quarterback is going to be able to come in and help you make those three to five important plays a game. But it's still, you know, the elements of the, the defensive scheme and the offense ability to run the ball, that's going to be the biggest asset to any type of quarterback that you bring in here, have the, having the ability to, to be good at those things. Tom, I, I was interested in, and I've been thinking a lot about this, just reading back through Russell Wilson's comments publicly. You know, for his entire career, he never complained, never really said anything that, that made you scratch your head. And then this offseason, I mean, he's let it all out. And, and he's criticized a lot of different aspects of the Seahawks organization, including the head coach and the GM, without mentioning them by name. But clearly, if he wants more of a role in the way the offense works and personnel, what you're saying is that you don't trust the head coach and the GM in their decision-making right now. But as a lineman, I want to get your take on this because – what he said early on this offseason, when Wilson said that I think the reality is that I've definitely been hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times, so we've got to get better. Like any player, you never want to get hit. As a lineman, have you ever had a quarterback criticize what you guys did publicly? No, there has never been an off or offensive player and a quarterback that has been critical of the offensive line that I've played with um, over the course of time. And um, even, uh, you know, hearing other quarterbacks from other teams over the decades I've been around the NFL, I haven't heard a, a quarterback wanting to, you know, claim, you know, personnel scouting or, or having a, you know, allowing him to have an impression on on personnel because then you're talking about the quarterback not only being a quarterback but now he's got to start studying uh you know college and pro player personnel to if he's going to have an input in any type of personnel that they're going to bring in they've done everything possible on the offensive line with the amount of guys they've drafted throughout his career and the different types of offensive line coaches they've uh, brought aboard it seemed like when they had Daryl Bevel there that you know Russell Wilson wasn't making claims of you know having input in the offense or, or input in the personnel decision so um, I don't know if it's just people they brought aboard that maybe he doesn't agree a hundred percent with but 
he's he's been a great football player and you know he's he's been super effective and efficient in taking advantage of what Seattle has offered him you know mainly a stadium that it's tough for visitors to come in and have any off quality offensive performance so um, you know that's the one thing Zach that does worry me is when you have a quarterback talking about per, you know having a hand in personnel decisions and he under he knows how many times he's been sacked throughout his career um you know those are a couple of elements that i have concern that is he thinking about the physical element of part of the game rather than just the team part of the game talking football with tom thayer here on the score and i bring it up because and i get people look at what tom brady was able to do in tampa and brady did have some influence on some of the decisions that the buccaneers made bringing in antonio brown bringing in Leonard Fournette, and I'm sure in making the trade with New England to add Rob Gronkowski to the mix. But I think Brady's in a completely different category based on the things that he's accomplished over the course of his legendary career. The thing with Wilson that I'm interested in finding out, can you repair the relationship after you go out publicly? You know, because we keep hearing, well, you know, Seattle's not going to trade him that they don't have to trade him, they would take the big cap hit, and Wilson hasn't demanded a trade. But when you publicly criticize teammates and your bosses, I mean, we're talking about human beings here, and that's when things get personal. And when things get personal, I think sometimes weird things happen. Can that relationship, do you think, can that be repaired the next time he walks into the Seattle locker room? You know how much you know the thing about it is how much in control is uh, the head coach in Seattle? You know how much influence does he have where he can kind of smooth over what Russell Wilson has already said, both to the personnel department, the scouting department, and the uh, the offensive portion of the football team. Um, are they able to, you know, make sure that they, they can repair that relationship? When you look back in New England, Tom Brady never said anything disparaging about any portion of the New England Patriots organization from head coach personnel or the players on the field. And then he was able to go to a new football team and really help Bruce Arians, the head coach, incorporate some of the elements of the offense that he's the most confident in using the personnel they've already had in place, but also incorporating Gronkowski and the running game. So, um, you know, Brady's never had to repair anything. And now if you think that uh, Russell Wilson has to repair the relationship that he's forged in Seattle, I I don't necessarily think he has to do that, but he has to show the rest of the team the defensive side of the ball that he's equally committed to the uh, physical commitment of the game that he was early in his career. And now is he getting rid of the ball too early to protect himself or is he still holding on to the ball long enough where he can take those abusive hits? So all that stuff, you know, man, he's going to, you know, they're going to have to remeasure if he stays in Seattle. But if he get, comes aboard a new team, he's going to have to, in, you know, incorporate and use his abilities, what he's already used in Seattle for his, the next team he goes to. You know, listening to you talk earlier about the kind of team that Seattle had early on in in Wilson's career when they made it to two Super Bowls and they won one championship and Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator. They had the right mix, you know, and then I start looking at the Bears and a lot of people were like, like, why would he want to come to the Bears? And, And then you start to take a look. Okay, the Bears have a good defense, you know, a defense that I think can be even better if the offense was able to complement what the defense can do. I think we learned last year that David Montgomery is a very good running back. And once they kind of settled in on a five-man unit for the offensive line that was healthy and people were put in the right places, we learned that they can block and create holes for the running back. And you got two receivers and Robinson and Mooney. You got the young tight end and Komet. That's the kind of recipe for success that Seattle had early on in Wilson's career. 
Right, and, and I also think if you do get a, a guy like Russell Wilson at the quarterback position and then you incorporate David Montgomery with Tariq Cohen, you see what's going to happen with Cordero Patterson. You, you mentioned Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet at the tight end position. They got Robinson Mooney in play. So, yeah, they do have a, uh, you know weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and I do think because of the experiences throughout Russell Wilson's career, he probably – has the accent to be able to use them more efficiently to make Tariq Cohen more of a wide open weapon to use Allen Robinson in, in a lot of different ways in order to uh, you know use his size and his, and his catchability his over the middle confidence um, and courage so yeah I, I do think that you you get Russell Wilson here and you allow him to use some of the the weapons that the Bears already have in place. You know those those guys like Mooney, Tariq Cohen, and Al Robinson, David Montgomery, Cole. You can really in, increase the big play capabilities of all of them. Our final three moments talking football with Tom Thayer here on the Score. Now the Russell Wilson thing is that's the big dream. We don't know if it's going to happen. And obviously we've been spending so much time talking about the quarterback. Everyone has here in this city this off season. But it takes a complete team to win. If you're Ryan Pace and you're looking at some of the other things this offseason that you need to fix, what are you looking at and how are you ranking areas of importance? Well, you know, Zach, to me, I'm, I'm always an offense and defensive lineman type of guy. If you want to get better on defense, you better get some type of dominating interior defensive tackle that can work the opposite side of the field of Akeem Hicks and be able to use Akeem and Khalil on one side and, and Quinn and whomever on the other side. I know they recently signed Mario Edwards Jr. to a new contract. And, you know, he's a good player, but, you know, he's not a guy that if you're looking at a defensive lineman in the first round, what he should be able to do soon within your system. But I also look at the offensive tackle position. And um, I don't, I don't want a tweener. I don't want a guy that's going to develop into a tackle. I want a guy that's played offensive tackle throughout his college career and the first day that they get together for OTAs he's a plug and play type of player and so um, I, I'm, I don't have time and I don't want to go through development stages or speculation of what a guy can play I want a guy to come in here and play what he's been playing so you know offensive offensive alignment offensive tackle a dominating defensive lineman are you know i i always enjoy um obviously but you know i think any position like i said i want them to come in and play the position that they've been playing as a college player i bring that up tom because you know there may be a possibility here where the bears end up trading that first round pick to perhaps get a quarterback and maybe you're unable to use that first round pick on getting a tackle so when you look at the roster right now, like as we sit here today before they've added anything new, do they have people that you would trust on the outside at right tackle? Yeah, you know, I mean, I still have to further investigate Lachavia Simmons, who they uh, drafted last year. They have Rashad Coward who did a really nice job through the development stages of the transitions that he's made from defensive lineman to offensive lineman. He's got the backbone. He's got the, the, the tenaciousness to go out there and be an every play player. And um, he's been around the system well enough that he, he should be able to play anywhere on the offensive line with um, understanding the scheme equally as well as anywhere and you know you always have a dark horse in being able to play Alex Bars at right tackle because he's played it before in college he's a good player up and down the line of scrimmage you're going to have the return of James Daniels and with Cody Whitehair maybe he'll take up one of the interior spots so uh, with creativity and player movement and past experiences for these guys they have the group that they can put together five offensive linemen up front and, and be competitive. Last one on the way out here, Tom, and thank you so much for joining us. I want to talk about the guys up north because Green Bay lost center Corey Lindsley. He ended up going to the Chargers on a five-year deal. How does that impact Aaron Rodgers when it comes to the Packers' offensive line? Um, you know, it has a big impact if you don't have a real offseason to work with Aaron Rodgers. 
because of the way he likes to manipulate the line of scrimmage, the voice flexion he uses in a snap count. When you put together, put the center in it within a new group of guys, you know, you need those hundreds of reps to really feel the mannerisms of each guy and how they're going to react to the different defenses they face at a moment's notice under the command of Aaron Rodgers. Because I think every time you go to the line of scrimmage, the the, op- the playbook is completely open with Aaron Rodgers. Anything he sees, he wants to morph to. He wants to change his personnel. He has the ability to do that. But the center is also really important of making sure that he's understanding the tempo of the cadence and how Aaron Rodgers is moving his pieces into the right play. So um, they've had other candidates that have played there in place of Lindsley because he was injured a little bit this year. But, you know, I think every quarterback loves to have that security blanket in front of them for the long term. And so they will have to make some adjustments at that position this year. Good stuff. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Be well. Have a good day, Zach. You too. Tom Thayer talking football with us here on The Score. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll go national. NFL Network Stacy Dales will join us. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Russell Wilson to the Bears is heating up. Chicago, one of the four teams listed on Wilson's trade destinations. The Bears expect to make this a priority. Here was Jeremy Fowler with his thoughts yesterday. The expectation league-wide is that Chicago is going to try to take a big swing here to get Russell. Now, Seattle has given no clear indication that they're going to trade him. Russell Wilson himself still does not expect to be traded, but Chicago is going to at least try to make that change and and put together a package. That's what most people around the league do expect. So, and again, I've, I've mentioned this on the air many times. My friends in Chicago are ordering jerseys. Like, they're acting like this has already been done. Um, no. Man, I get why everyone's excited. And you heard Jeremy Fowler there talking about how the Bears are going to be taking a big swing at Russell Wilson. And why shouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? As he was talking with Greeny on ESPN. But the way I look at it, just because we know that Russell Wilson has listed the Bears as one of the four teams he'd be willing to go to, and the Bears have a huge need at quarterback. There's no real incentive for Seattle to do it, but I wanted to go national and find out what uh, what the word is out on the street. So joining us now on the Score Hotline is NFL Network's Stacey Dales. The Score Hotline presented by Alpamonte Ford. Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. Stacey, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess I'll start out with this. What is different in your mind about the league year this time around because of the salary cap and because of the situation that we're in in the world, not just the NFL? Well, good evening, Zach. I mean, obviously with the salary cap, it's the greatest reduction in salary cap we've seen since the inception. So when you're dealing with with these numbers, it's significant and it impacts teams significantly. And it's not really the first year. It's going to be the second and third years that we see the impact because of all the restructures and the adjustments of contracts in order to make everybody fit and to put a team on the field that you're proud of and you believe you can win with. So, you know, significant, I think, probably historically what we're seeing right now. And we've seen all the movement today as free agency officially began yesterday, but uh, the, the, we, we call it the tampering period, the legal tampering period beginning today. And then we'll see the deals certifiably get done starting on Wednesday. Um, But, you know, when I look across the league, Zach, I, I just really think that, we have to take a step back and appreciate just the quandary these teams find themselves in for those that were, you know, incredibly judicious with their cap and have been, um, and, and have, you know, people on their staff that are wizards at it. Kudos to them. When you think about, you know, teams like good teams, I'm talking the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots right now, what they've done today is, is remarkable. They go, I think seven to nine last year, I believe it was Zach and, and all of a sudden, they've they've now hit. I think somebody tweeted, they're up to their their max on their cap. But they were second heading into this thing in terms of their cap space. I think the Colts are a fascinating team because they're built to win a Super Bowl. 
um, now that they have Carson Wentz in place. They have a fantastic defense. Um, unfortunately, they just lost to Nico Autry to the Titans, but uh, they're a ready-to-win team now, and they had the money. So they're still going to make moves. But for those like the Bears that don't have the, the money and the, the financial position to do things, it really causes a quandary, if you will, in terms of how they're restructuring these deals. And they tried to add a little bit more firepower yesterday by restructuring certain deals. I just feel like in the NFL, teams always seem to find a way to create room if they really like a player. I mean, that's why, like you mentioned Carson Wentz earlier, his contract was considered untradeable, right? Yet he's on a new team now in Indianapolis. And the same was said for Jared Goff in Los Angeles, and yet he'll be the starting quarterback next year in Detroit. You know, Leonard Floyd gets big money from the Rams, uh, even though we thought that they didn't have any real room to maneuver. So teams clearly find a way. And that gets us back to Russell Wilson. And I wanted to hit this from a different angle, because you played professionally in the WNBA. And I don't know if this ever happened to you in your career, but I keep hearing... There's no way the Seahawks are going to trade Russell Wilson, not with Pete Carroll approaching 70, not with the fact that when you look at what Seattle has going on, there would be no real replacement for Wilson if they made a deal with the Bears and they take a $40 million cap hit. But then I look at the reality of things. Russell Wilson has said some things that can fracture the makeup of an organization. I mean, he essentially criticized the head coach and the GM saying, that he wants more say when it comes to personnel decisions and the way the offense works. That's basically saying, hey, I don't trust what you guys are doing. He hasn't asked for a trade, but he's let it be known publicly, the teams that he's willing to go to. And then there's the player standpoint in which he essentially ripped his lineman saying that he gets hit too much. You got to go back into that locker room. Are, are these relationships that you think can be repaired in Seattle? I think everything can be repaired, but the reality for Russell Wilson, he's entering what is 10th season, I think, and he throws for the most touchdowns in his career last year, Zach, with 40 of them, um, but he's still sacked 47 times. Now, I would argue that Russell Wilson is a quarterback that maybe his biggest, and I'm not here to talk about, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a, what, two-time Super Bowl champion, He's a Super Bowl champion. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he's finished playing. But he plays the game in such a way that he's so mobile and he tries to extend plays so much that he takes some unnecessarily warranted sacks. But he was sacked 47 times last year, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, The year previous, I believe it was uh, uh, 48. The year previous, 51. And so, yeah, he can say, I need my offensive line to be better, and, and I understand that. And when you, when you consider who's protecting him, um, I, would, I would have to agree. I mean, Dwayne Brown's great. I like him. He's, he's awesome. That's the left tackle, and the right tackle's uh, Brandon Shell. But go get, go get a first-round tackle for this guy. Unfortunately, they can't do that, Zach. Because of some of the moves they made in trades in recent years, they have five picks in this draft. They are missing a first-round pick. They're missing a third-round pick, and they're missing a sixth-round pick. I mean, when you look at Pete Carroll, he loves to build with young players. He still has a little bit of that college, if you will, you know, I'm going to go get some guys, and I'm going to develop them in my system, right? Well, they can't do that this year. That's why this deal is interesting if it were to happen. It would have to be blockbuster with the Chicago Bears, who have eight picks in the draft. They have a first, they have a second, they have a third, they have a fifth, they have three six-rounders and a seventh-rounder. So when you look at the Bears and you hear all this, can they get it done? Do they have the money? No, they're still in the red. But if Russell Wilson was, you know, bold enough to have his camp, as you say, suggest these are the four teams that I would viably go to, the Bears are the best option. I mean, they have a defense that can win now. They have, you know, if Allen Robinson signs the tender, he's outstanding. They have a young tight end in Cole Komet. They've got David Montgomery at the running back position. And, you know, we'll see what they do with their offensive line um, now that Bobby Massey's no longer there. But, you know, for me, 
when I look at this Seattle team and I look at Russell Wilson, if he's displeased with the players around him, maybe he was sending a message saying, you better beef this thing up or I'm out of here. But if I'm wrong and he really does want to go somewhere, one of the four teams that he mentioned is the Chicago Bears. It is the best fit for him. That's why this is so interesting. Because of the draft situation I just mentioned, again, five draft picks for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, eight for the Bears. I think if the Bears wanted to make this happen, and I'm not sitting in their meetings, I don't profess to be an executive in their room, but in common sense, it would tell me you're going to have to get up, give up your first, your next year's first, maybe your third, maybe your fifth, maybe two sixes, and maybe a big-time player on your roster right now. I mean, we can, go, we can go all day about what it would cost because the cost would be tremendous. Um, the reality for the Seahawks Act, which is, I think, a big, bigger deal than people are saying, is he's going to cost them $39 million if he walks away versus $32 million a cap hit if he stays. He's going to cost his new team this year a base of $19 million. That's going to be his cap. In 22, $19 million. In 23, 22 million. And those are just the base. That's not the cap hit. It goes from 19 to 24 to 27. So that is what you're inheriting if you're getting Russell Wilson. And that's what I think fans are missing um, that are, you know, buying Bears jerseys right now. Can the Bears make it happen? Maybe. We'll see. That's why you'd have to overpay significantly to bring in Russell Wilson. It's not just the fact that he's an exceptionally gifted and talented quarterback, a proven winner who would automatically raise the profile of your team. It's it's the financial implications if you trade him if you're Seattle. So I, I totally get it. But you know what? When I look at it from the Bears standpoint, and I I understand the thought process of people who say, well, you can't just give everything for one player. You've got to build a roster that that can win, that, that's more than just one player. But I would submit, no matter how many draft picks we talk about sending over to Seattle, what are the chances that over the next three years, say it's the next three first-round picks that the Bears have that have to go in this deal, what are the chances that in the next three years, the Bears will be able, with how many draft picks they have, to correctly identify a quarterback who's going to be as good as Russell Wilson is now. And we know what the answer is. There's no way that they'd be able to find that kind of a guy. And yet, even if you trade away those draft picks, you would still have a very talented core from a defensive standpoint. We learned last year that the Bears can indeed run the ball. They have a big time back. They have an offensive line, at least by the end of the year, that was able to create holes for that back. And you talked about Robinson and Mooney, and you've got Komet at at tight end. And they've made the playoffs twice in the last three years with minimal contributions for the quarterback position. Imagine if you added a guy like Russell Wilson to the mix. That's why this is so tantalizing to me, Stacey. No, okay, now, Zach, you're starting to sell me here. Okay, now I'm in. <laughs> You've got me. I'm hooked. Um, yeah, I, this is why the Bears are the best fit. And what I would say, he did win a Super Bowl, Russell Wilson. He's been to two. He, he won one. I think he's been to two. He's an eight-time Pro Bowler. All the numbers, blah, 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 blah. He's a winner. You know who else is a winner? Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think the Bears have a better defense than the Green Bay Packers, okay? You better have a quarterback if you're going to dump all of your draft equity and maybe a player. You're going to do that, like you're saying, Zach, and now three years you're without draft equity if it takes three years of first-rounders. You better be in the understanding mindset of we are getting this guy to beat Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know who's defeated Aaron Rodgers before? Russell Wilson. I mean, he has the same moxie. I'm not saying, I don't know if there are many like Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's absolutely sensational. But they're both winners, right? Russell Wilson is a winner. So you're bringing in a quarterback who has dethroned Aaron Rodgers in playoff moments to go to Super Bowls, okay? When I think about the NFC South and I think about Tom Brady, different situation, Tom's, you know, into his 40s, and it's been talked about for a couple years. He maybe wants out of 
New England, and all of a sudden he finds a pretty decent suitor in Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, guess who's in that division? Another Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees. You see the trend I'm going with here. Mm-hmm. He dethrones Drew Brees, and all of a sudden, God bless Drew Brees. Thank you for all the years accrued that you have given us so many beautiful moments on the football field. Drew Brees retires. Now, I'm not suggesting that Tom Brady taking over the NFC South is a reason for that. I don't know what went into Drew Brees' mind. I will leave that there for your listeners to ponder. But Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl, seven, count them, seven, and now he owns the NFC South. Imagine Russell Wilson coming to the NFC North to vie for the champion of the division against Aaron Rodgers because that is what it is. Detroit has a brand-new coach, brand-new quarterback. Minnesota is a building defense with Kirk Cousins at the helm on offense. I just think Russell Wilson would be, if you're going to dump everything, Zach, Russell Wilson would be the appropriate candidate to do that against Aaron Rodgers for the Chicago Bears. And I think that's probably why fans are so excited and people are so all in on this. Let's just do it. Let's unload and get the guy we need because the defense is there. I mean, it really is. They're fantastic. Sean Desai, I think, will do a good job at defensive coordinator. And I think they could add some pieces, um, you know, in terms of, you know, keeping their guide. Let's hope Allen Robinson signs that tender. Maybe, maybe Russell Wilson encourages that. But, again, it's going to cost a lot to do it. Dream big. I think that's what they're trying to do at Hallis Hall. Stacy, thank you so much. Always appreciate the time and uh, always fun talking some football with you. Love it. Thanks for having me, Zach. Stacy Dales from NFL Network breaking it down with us. Let's take a break. More bear stuff coming up on the other side with the Athletics' Kevin Fishbane. So what if the Bears can't acquire Russell Wilson? What's next up on the plan? We'll ask Kevin. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.